If you're looking for a trusted source of natural supplements, look no further than NutritionW.com. Since 1979, Nutrition World has been a staple in the Chattanooga community, with dedicated research specialists that stay ahead of the trends to make sure you have the most reliable products available at the most competitive prices. All of their supplements are vetted for quality, effectivity, and potency, and shipped with the utmost care, with cold packs included in each and every order. You can shop online now at nutritionw.com shop and choose from thousands of your favorite supplements, sports nutrition, pet, and specialty food products today. Nutrition World, partners on your wellness journey. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Holistic Navigator podcast, where we believe in the body's capacity for self-healing, if given the proper nutrients and care. My name is Brian Strickland, I'm the producer of the show, and I'm joined in the studio as always by our host, Ed Jones. Sadly, the coronavirus and quarantine precautions are still lingering around today, and many are looking for natural ways to help guard themselves against infection. On today's episode, we're speaking with Dr. Robert Roundtree once again to talk about some of his favorite nutrients that should be in everyone's arsenal. We've got a lot to cover on today's episode, so I'm going to go ahead and throw it over to our host, Mr. Ed Jones. Thank you, Brian, for that uh, introduction of today's show at the Holistic Navigator. I am so thrilled to have one of our previous physicians, Dr. Robert Roundtree, that has been on the Holistic Navigator. We had a wonderful conversation about methylation several months ago. Uh, I am so uh, impressed with Dr. Roundtree because I've talked to him enough to know that he is the real deal. He's so involved in exactly what my belief system is, which is functional medicine. What is that? It's really kind of looking for the interconnectedness, the reasons why poor health happens and addressing it from a different perspective. That's radically different than traditional does. So we have to keep that in mind. But uh, welcome to the Holistic Navigator, Dr. Roundtree. Hi, and it's great to be here again uh, under somewhat different circumstances. <laughs> yeah, methylation was, uh, we weren't uh, quite expecting what we uh, ended up coming around the corner with after the methylation. Still a valuable piece of information on how to manage MTHFR and all of this folate stuff. So anyone listening, please go back and listen to that particular one if you're interested in that. Today, you know, we're going to put into the book, again, a piece of information about COVID and corona that's going to potentially be life-saving. Because I say this almost in every podcast, and I know Brian rolls his eyes every time I do it, but I separate the world into two different classes of people, learners and non-learners. Because in today's time, if you don't have the ability to learn, and I'm not talking about just boxed learning from just a textbook or the, the standards, you have to step outside the box in this conversation, especially. So I had read some incredibly well put together charts and information on a functional medicine approach to COVID-19, virus-specific nutraceutical and botanical agents. And this was from, um, uh, I don't know if it's from Thorne, but I'm a huge, huge follower of Thorne Nutraceuticals because they are so 
uh, top of the game as far as quality and research and data. And I know that uh, I know you also feel that way. So I appreciate Thorne for kind of putting this together. So let's get rolling here, Dr. Roundtree. Uh, we all kind of think know that this cytokine storm is the biggest issue because most people won't get that. And of course, what that is is the lungs over, are over aggressive, they get damaged, they get filled with fluid, and then really bad things could happen. What what can we tell people to ease some of these fears if they are ready to build a toolbox of nutraceuticals? Okay. Well, the, the, the first question here is, why is it that uh, a huge chunk of people that get exposed to this virus uh, don't have problems, right? Or if they do, it is like a cold or a flu mm-hmm. or something like that. So, you know, what we see in the news is the tip of the iceberg is the people that got super sick, right? And we and the thinking is that what happens in the people who are super sick is that they have an excessive inflammatory response, right? That we need inflammation. You, you, you couldn't live without inflammation, right? Inflammation is all about defense and repair. So if you cut yourself your immune system goes into action. It defends the body against any bacteria that might be on the surface of the skin around the cut that could do you harm, and then it repairs that injury. So defense and repair is a good thing. Um, and most of the time, for most of the people, it works fine. You know, we're, we're all exposed to potentially dangerous viruses every day of our life, right? Every time you eat food, every time you go out into public, you're being exposed to potentially dangerous viruses. So why is it that every now and then, you know, somebody has an excessive reaction? And it, it does appear that certain viruses like this, this SARS-CoV-2 virus are, you know, ha- have some special characteristics that, that make them more likely to induce this in certain people. And those certain people, you know, are potentially somebody like me who's over 60, mm-hmm. right? You know, as elderly individuals, you know, in generally elderly individuals have an immune system that isn't as regulated as younger people. And, you know, it's you could say, well, the immune system is weaker. You know, there's a lot of different ways we could talk about that. But aging is definitely a risk factor for this thing they call a cytokine storm. Um, What are cytokines? They're just little protein messengers released by the immune system. So when we say cytokine storm we mean the immune system is having a storm it's overreacting and it's producing all these messages that are telling other immune cells to get activated and the the million dollar question is why do some people get it and other people don't here's one theory that i think is interesting what's your baseline level of inflammation Mm. If a person has got a baseline level of inflammation that's already high from eating a crappy diet, uh, processed foods, foods with uh, environmental contaminants in them, you know, not organically grown, um, or they're obese, right, or they've got uncontrolled hypertension or diabetes, those are all scenarios where the body's got this underlying inflammatory state, and you can measure that. You can measure C-reactive protein. You know, you, you can look at other uh, immune markers. You know, any family practice can do this. Look at those immune markers and say, hey, 
you're already inflamed. So if the person's already inflamed and then they come in contact with this virus, their immune system goes haywire. Wow, that's, you know, that's such valuable information. I do want to say to the listeners, because you have a different background and training, I don't want the listeners to think they can just pop into a normal regular GP and say, check my inflammatory factors. They might be able to, but they, but they, don't, they don't have your expertise to evaluate it or even know which test to get. So the individual listening needs to kind of step up to the plate and learn more about this testing. I tell uh, people... Um, you know, you should be in partnership with your doctor. Like you hear about something, you read about something, go in and say to your doctor, hey, could you test me for inflammation with a C-reactive protein? I think everybody could benefit from that. And if the doctor poo-poos it and says there's nothing to it, find another doctor. Absolutely. And I don't know about you. I think for me, two and above is I start looking at the fact that there's more inflammation. Of course, five and 10 and above to me is significant. Is that about accurate? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, especially if you're talking about what's called the highly sensitive CRP. You know, when when that actually gets above two or three, you start to, to you know, scratch your head and go, what's going on? Mm-hmm. Uh, but certainly levels you're talking about, that means something significant is happening. So I'm, I want to be clear. I'm not saying just because you got a high CRP, that means you're going to have a cytokine storm. I'm saying that's that's what the thinking is, right? The th- we're thinking along these lines that mm-hmm. maybe having more inflammation to start with already puts you at risk. So this is just a theory about what's going on. And we certainly know, again, that elderly people are at risk, probably because their immune system just isn't regulated as, as, uh, as, as well as somebody who's younger. All right, so let's talk about a toolkit. If someone's interested, they don't—they're not really sick. Which we've—I've dealt with probably a thousand plus people over the past month, and some of these actually are physicians in my local town who are coming in and saying they know they don't really have the—I guess—experience uh, or schooling that they need, but they—they they trust us because we've been doing this for forty-one years. So they're asking the question. What do I send my, my father and my grandparents who live out of city? But because I want them to be prepared to in case they get sick. And here's the other tip that I certainly have learned. I think you would certainly agree with. You don't wait until you're full-fledged sick and then try to run to a store, especially during these times, and put together your stuff. It's not going to happen, people. You need to put this toolkit together beforehand because it's still usable stuff for prevention, not only for if you get it. So let's, let's start, I guess, winding down in to the toolkit. Okay, okay. So you make a good point, which is that, and I tell my patients this, is you don't want to get, you know, way out in the middle of a desert and then look at your gas gauge in your car and go, wait, it's below mm-hmm. empty. Maybe I should think about getting some gas. Like, you want to start with a full tank. Um, and, you know, we call that that field of studying what it takes to get a full tank nutritional immunology. Nutritional immunology is simply the study of what it takes to keep your immune system in tip-top shape, right? And we know it starts with foods. I always want to be clear with that, you know, eating lots of fresh foods, number one. So people say, I can't afford organic or I can't get it. Well, just start by eating fresh foods. If you eat fresh salads and berries in particular, berries and then mushrooms, you know, shiitake mushroom in particular, you can get in most grocery stores, very good for the immune system. So starts with foods, starts with colorful foods, um, you know, red foods, purple foods, berries, all that stuff, you know. And then the next step up is 
well, are there any supplements I can take that can kind of really fine tune things? So once you got the diet good, then the next step is the alphabet. Oh, what do I mean by the alphabet? A, B, C, D, A, B, C, D, and then zinc and quercetin. So I think about, you know, covering the basics. And I, I could probably put an N in there for N-acetylcysteine. So let me talk about all those. So everybody's heard about vitamin D, right? We don't need to go into a lot of detail. There are some authorities that say, oh, there's nothing to it. But as far as I can tell, the people that say that haven't been to a library recently. <laughs> I love it. Right? Because there is so much evidence now that um, if, if you go to areas around the world where people have less vitamin D, they seem to have a higher risk of getting viruses and COVID in particular. But there's studies on the flu that show the same thing. When people's vitamin D levels are low, they're more prone to getting the flu. They're more prone to getting all kinds of upper respiratory tract infections. I think the evidence is very clear, but you do have docs that say, well, we need more studies. I mean, how many more studies do we need? <laughs> you know, they even did a simple study in Mongolia where they took uh, all these kids who are prone to colds and flus in the winter season, gave half of them vitamin D and the other half not, and the vitamin D dramatically dropped the number of colds and flus. Wow. Right? So, so D is kind of at the top of the list, but people don't appreciate that vitamin A goes well with vitamin D, right? So I, I try to do the two together. Um, vitamin A has got a bad rap. People say, oh, it could be toxic. Well, that's only if you take massive quantities, right? The kind of D I'm talking about is around, I'm t sorry, the type of A, amount of A is around 10,000 units a day. Now, is this for prevention or if we're feeling ill? For prevention. Okay. Oh, no, you don't want to wait till your gas tank's empty. Yeah. Start it. So the same thing with the D. The D is for, for prevention. Mm -hmm. D is for prevention. A is for prevention. You know, we don't have a lot of evidence that if you start getting sick and you suddenly take some vitamin A, it's going to do anything, right? It's the whole idea behind the A is that it keeps your immune system in tip-top shape. It primes it so it's ready for anything. Beautiful. And on D, on D, what do you like to see as a blood level? Um, I like to see it above 50 nanograms. I love that. And I want to remind listeners that if you go to the website, The Holistic Navigator, under products, you can go to direct labs and order any blood test, including vitamin D. So you can do this in any town in the United States at discounted prices if you don't have a good functional medicine practitioner. I really recommend that first, but if you don't have it, go to the direct labs under our site. It's worthwhile to get a blood level because a lot of people can take a thousand units a day, which you would think is a lot, and still have a low blood level. Well, mine, mine, mine is, I have to do 14,000 a day to be at 52 nanograms. I mean, you, you and I both know there's people who don't have to take anything almost, but, you know, we have to blood test to know this stuff. Everybody does something different with vitamin D in their body, right? We're all biochemical individuals. And uh, I see plenty of people that need 5,000 units minimum a day just to barely scratch the surface of a normal blood level. Now, I have a lot of doctors that say, what's the point? You know, the mainstream doctor friends that say, what's the point in measuring the level? You know, I, I go, well, you only say that if you've never measured it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they measure it and they go, "Wow, I got all these people who are in my practice that are low, right?" So they, you know, as soon as they start measuring it, then they they get the idea very quickly. 
So we've covered the A and the D. Uh, uh, really recommend eventually blood testing. If they're not going to get a blood test, but they're wanting to start right now, you're saying 5,000 units. 5,000 units for most everybody. Okay. You know? All right. Unless you're laying out in the sun four hours a day, but I don't recommend that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. What's next? Vitamin C on the alphabet? Vitamin C, um, I, I think, is really critical. Um, uh, you know, during this time where we all are at risk of exposure, um, I, I think 3,000 milligrams a day, you know, 1,000 milligrams three times a day, you know, spread out like that is a really good amount. Now, vitamin C uh, is helpful for prevention and for treatment. Same dose or different dose? No, no, no. You, so you start with, th- with 3,000 a day, but then at the first sign of sniffles, fever, cough, anything like that, then you basically start taking 1,000 every hour or so. Wow. Now, is there a certain form that you prefer or any form? I think plain old ascorbic acid is as good as any. I've heard people tell me, well, it's got to be liposomal. It's like, you know, I'm sorry, I'm old school. I've been prescribing vitamin D for, right? We didn't have that liposomal stuff that, you know, until recently. And we did just fine with, you know, plain old ascorbic acid. Yeah, I'll agree with you. Uh, My belly doesn't like it too much at higher doses so the lipo mixing the lipo with regular seemed to work well for me and what you know why is lipo better well it seemed to be less acidic so that's probably the reason and it's kind of connected to a fat molecule and i do want to say uh you know we partner our main sponsor is is nutritionw.com where we vet every single nutritional product including we have thorn on there it's it's very good pricing and we ship everywhere in the united states so nutritionw.com if you need any of these things and don't have a local vendor that you trust uh okay a b c we've covered it very well a uh, a c d and then b vitamins as we talked about in our previous uh discussion Mm -hmm. on methylation seems to be important for keeping the immune system in good shape. Again, B vitamins don't treat viral infections, but making sure you got plenty of Bs on board ahead of time, you know, and I like the methyl form, the methyl, you know, methyl guard, something like that, that's got, you know, the, the range of the, the, the folate, methylfolate, methylcobalamin B12, uh, riboflavin B6. So, you know, I think that's, that's just a, a baseline foundation. I love that product, and I know we talked about it on the Methylation podcast, and I recommend it every single day. I, I've never seen a better put-together methylation formula, and again, we don't want to get into methylation right now, but I, I encourage people to, to not be doing straight folic acid because if you have this gene, then it folic doesn't work well with that, and you want folates, which come in this thorn product, uh, so uh, be, be aware of that. Uh, I love that because, like you said, it's not a treatment, but it's like building the machine stronger so we can withstand whatever comes our way. And then another part of that is zinc. Um, mm-hmm. I like the zinc picolinate. There are other forms of zinc that are that are good, but picolinate we know is well absorbed. It's easy on the tummy. Um, most people do fine with 30 milligrams a day, um, and that's just general preventive. We know that that zinc is really important for normal immune function, right? And it's very safe to take at a dose of 30 milligrams a day. Some people may need 60. Um, I usually recommend that they do that with, you know, the the advice of a nutritionist or doctor if they think they need more. But, But again, just for keeping the immune system functioning, 30 is fine. And then if a person starts to get a sore throat or 
upper respiratory symptoms, then I recommend the lozenges, mm. right, which you can get at most any store. I, you probably have some, you mm-hmm. know, that you recommend. The lozenges usually are about five milligrams of zinc per lozenge, and you do one every hour. And there is published research showing that that zinc uh, that's been released in the saliva um, is has very potent antiviral properties. So you got that... 30 milligrams of zinc on board already, and then you add the lozenges if you start to get sick. That's lovely. One personal comment. I know that with me, if I do zinc on an empty stomach, I can get a little nauseous. So I have to do that one with food. With food. Yep, same here. I do all mine with food. Um, Then uh, my next uh, favorite supplement is called N-acetylcysteine, or NAC. Um, I've been prescribing N-acetylcysteine, for 36 years, I think. <laughs> I love it. Well, we were, you know, we're trained on using NAC in the emergency room because its main use in, in around the country is people that have overdosed on Tylenol, mm-hmm. right? So there's two main uses here. One is for people that have, you know, got liver toxicity from Tylenol. Um, and the other one is for people with, with chronic lung disease, COPD, you know, emphysema, chronic bronchitis, et cetera, um, you can actually use an inhaled form of it, um, also used in, in um, people with cystic fibrosis uh, mm. that are prone to getting, you know, lungs that are clogged up with mucus. So NAC has got its, its claim to fame is that it's a mucus thinner uh, and, and it's safe enough to be used inhaled. Um, you can actually get it as a nasal spray, you know, from compounding pharmacies. But for most people, just taking it by mouth around 500 milligrams twice a day um, is all they need just for general preventive purposes. Now, what does it do? It's in, it's converted in the body into glutathione. And glutathione is a very potent antioxidant and also an antiviral compound. Um, now, this is not just speculation. There's some pretty good data uh, giving elderly people NAC in nursing homes showing that it prevents them from getting the flu. Mm. Right? A very uh, uh, well-done study. I think it's maybe 20 years old now that was done in Europe, multiple nursing homes. They simply gave people, I think it was 1,200 a day of NAC, and they gave it to them throughout the flu season. And at the end of the flu season, they went back and, and just did a questionnaire. Okay, how many of you got the flu? And they found that people getting NAC uh, did not have nearly as many incidences of the flu. So you would think, well, why doesn't every family doctor, every pediatrician in the world recommend this to their elderly patients or maybe all their patients? You know, throughout the winter season, it's safe, it's non-toxic. Um, it's inexpensive. Mm-hmm. I think everybody should do it. They should. Of course, you're asking the question why they don't do it. I, I hope the public realizes that there's a certain boxed-in agenda that comes with traditional medical training that does not allow them to actually think clearly on these issues. And I say constantly, I have great respect for anyone in the medical field who've, who's put in the study and the time and the effort to receive degrees in training. But I 
fearing greatly, as you may agree, they're in a broken system. And that system's not allowing them to be what you are. You have stepped out of that box. You are a courageous, uh, ad, uh, adventuresome person to do that, because I know you didn't do it without some uh, negative uh, occurrences somewhere in your life through your peers, probably. But you've made uh, you've made yourself uh, a legend almost because of all the things and people you've helped. So uh, I love that NAC is still one of my favorites. And, you know, glutathione is so important to detoxify the body. And uh, I take it every day myself, two pills a day. Now, if what? somebody gets starts to get sick again, you want to you can bump that dose up. Okay. You know, somewhere between 3,000, 5,000 milligrams a day. And then that's when I'd also add the glutathione. Comes in different forms, sustained release, glutathione liposome, mm -hmm. you know, kind of depends on what's available to you. But I, I think, you know, you would want to ramp up that dose if the person got sick. Oh, that's lovely. I have actually not heard that information about dosing with straight glutathione. I know there's some questions about if we just swallow the pill, will it be absorbed? I do tend to like the sublingual and the liposomal myself. I will have to say it tastes pretty rotten, uh, but that's okay. Literally yes. like rotten eggs. I know. <laughs> there's that sulfur in there. <laughs> What's next? Another nutrient I love, love, love is quercetin. Q-U-E-R-C-E-T-I-N. Um, I've been prescribing quercetin for, again, almost 40 years, uh, giving it to all ages. Uh, I know it's very safe. The main thing I've used it for over the years is for allergies. Mm -hmm. um, and we know that it works because there's very good studies on it showing that it stabilizes mast cells. And what's the big deal with mast cells? Mast cells release histamine. Histamine causes mucus production, swelling, sneezing, you know, uh, feeling of lethargy, etc. What is it exactly? It's a yellow pigment that's found in the, the skin of fruits and vegetables. So it's if a person's, you know, eating French onion soup, they're getting a lot of quercetin. If they're eating red apples, they're getting a lot of quercetin. But they're not getting the amount of quercetin that I recommend for you know, viral prevention. So that's the other discovery is that quercetin actually kills viruses. You know, I have learned more about quercetin, of course, in the past two months than I knew in the previous 40 years. And you're so far ahead of the curve because, I mean, not that I do what you do, but I do somewhat similar about people ask me all day long for my information. And I, it was just off my radar. But I can tell you, I will never go without it. Everything from blood pressure uh, management to exactly what you're saying and to prevent a mast cell from, from actually being activated is far better than trying to take a pharmaceutical that tries to do it in another mechanism of action. That's why there's no side effects from quercetin, and there is from the antihistamines that are over the counter. Uh, how much, again, are you taking of that? Um, about, oh, maybe four years ago, I talked to Thorne about creating um, a more absorbable form of it, quercetin phytosome. Um, now, Thorne is known for being um, one of the first companies to distribute a form of curcumin, which is an extract of the herb turmeric, uh, as a phytosome. So phytosome is a, is a kind of lecithin. It's a, um, it's a substance that's, that's found in soy oil and sunflower oil, etc. And when you mix it with natural compounds like curcumin, it dramatically enhances absorption. 
So I suggested to Thorne that they experiment with, uh, with creating this quercetin phytosome. Uh, and they, they paired up with a company out of Italy, Indina, and Indina was able to make it, and they showed that it dramatically increased absorption. So when you take that form of it, the quercetin phytosome, uh, which I believe Thorne is, has it as an exclusive um, on selling it, the, the dose you need is 250 milligrams, one capsule, twice daily. Wow. And, you know, I switched myself to that probably eight weeks ago because I'm so, you know, realized that absorption's an issue. It, we're guessing totally whether me or whoever's taking it is actually getting the benefit. But when I looked at the research on the thorn, it was like a no-brainer. This is the only one I will take. Yeah, yeah. It's really, it's pretty dramatic. Now, um, you know, if somebody's already got a lot of allergies on board, they may need to take a little higher dose. May, they may need two capsules twice a day. Um, so if, if they've got a baseline of inflammation, then I would start with a higher dose. All right. But, but there's evidence out there that quercetin can fight a whole range of viruses. Yeah, not just this one. It it, it, it it goes across the board. I mean, it's become now an essential part of just maintaining health if you're a supplement person. Yep, yep. Again, so now we've got the, uh, the A, uh, B, C, D, Q, and Z, and N. A, B, C, D, Q, D, N, right? That's, you know, that to me is my, that's my medical bag uh -huh. of basic supplements as a general rule that I, you know, I tell people, um, I mean, I've been saying this for years. This is not a new, this is not something I just made up overnight. I didn't pull this out of a uh, magician's hat. I've been working on this particular thing and just kind of honing it down for many years. And now I'm just doubling back and saying, yep, this is the evidence. Two other things that I recommend. Um, I already mentioned mushrooms, mm -hmm. right? So shiitake mushrooms are great um, to, to eat. Um, but if you can get a good mushroom extract, you know, that's a little more concentrated, then what we think these mushrooms do is they kind of trick the immune system into thinking that an infection might be coming along because there's the structures in the surface of the mushroom that look a little bit like yeast, right? They look like yeast that might be bad for you, mm. right? So immune system is already programmed to look for yeast and to get activated when there's yeast. Well, that's it. That's it. And, you know, I, I, I've done two podcasts on mushrooms with Jerry Angelini, who I really respect. Uh, he's such an expert in that field. And he's never explained it quite that way. That is very intriguing. Thank you for that. They're sugar. So those structures are, you know, the technical term is polysaccharides, right? They're like starches. But it's starch with a unique molecular structure, three-dimensional molecular structure. And that three-dimensional molecular structure that's found in and uh, in medicinal mushrooms in particular, something that the traditional Chinese medicine docs have known about for 3,000 years, right? They didn't know about the molecular structure, but they knew that medicinal mushrooms were generally good tonics for the body in general. And they, you know, they didn't even really know there was an immune system, mm -hmm. right? But they knew something was going on that made people less likely to get sick. And now we know what that answer is, is there's that three-dimensional structure. It bonds like a lock and key on the surface of our immune cells. So our immune cells see that molecular structure, 
and they go, whoa, wait a minute. I need to wake up from my slumber and I need to get ready because something might be happening, right? So it puts the immune system on its toes. It activates it without inflaming it. Wow. Uh, you know, I take them every day preventatively, and I certainly, uh, with that explanation, will continue that for a long time. Uh, I do small doses, maybe two to three capsules, and if I feel something, then I'll usually double that to about six. Yep. Good idea. Now, interestingly enough, um, probiotics work in very similar ways, right? Probiotics are bacteria, li- you know, live bacteria that you're taking in your gut. And, you know, we've tend to think of uh, probiotics like lactobacillus acidophilus, you know, the old standby. Oh, that's going to recolonize my gut, right? I take acidophilus, it's going to grow in my gut, and it's going to take over. Well, that's not, it turns out that's not what probiotics do. What probiotics do is they interact with your immune cells, and they actually boost immunity. So, and, you know, when people tell me, oh, you don't want to be boosting your immunity, you know, that can create autoimmune disease. Well, I hate to tell you, one of the most potent immune boosters out there is acidophilus. <laughs> so would you tell people don't eat yogurt is going to give you autoimmune disease? No. <laughs> Absolutely. Yep. Would you tell people don't eat sauerkraut, right, which has got probiotics in it, or drink kombucha because it's going to give you autoimmune disease? No. Well, we've got plenty of studies, like when they take kids in um, uh, in nurseries and uh, give them probiotics, right, during, um, you know, during the cold and flu season, the kids are less likely to get sick, you know, so you go to like an elementary school, mm-hmm. you know, or a preschool or something like that, where kids get, you know, they're going to get multiple infections every season, every fall season, every winter season. So this could be part of the toolbox. Part of, definitely part of the toolbox yeah. to add probiotics in, I think just, you know, the most important thing about a probiotic is that, you know, that it's shelf stable because a lot of them will say, oh, we, you know, we've got a hundred billion colony forming units CFUs per capsule. Yeah. Well, that was when you made it in your lab. Mm -hmm. What about when it gets on the shelf in a person's kitchen? Well, and I'm I'm talking to uh, Jack Duffy, I think is the name that I tried to remember earlier. You know, I did a stool test that I think Thorne partners with another company on a certain stool test. And we're going to do a podcast on that. Extremely valuable. Again, we don't know what your vitamin D is without testing. You can't look in their body. I can't either, but we can do it with blood work. Well, guess what? With this stool analysis, this current one is state of the art to me. And that will be an upcoming podcast. And, uh, and so I can't wait for that one too. Now, I know, is melatonin? Longevity test. Longevity, yes. Thank you for reminding me. It's an amazing test. The guy that put it together, Uh Chris Mason, is at uh, Mount Sinai School of Medicine in New York, and he is one of the top researchers in the gut microbiome in the world. He's worked with NASA. Uh You know, they've, you know, done gut microbiome analysis of astronauts. They've done... um, microbiome analysis of the subways in New York City. You know, so this guy's a published researcher, one of the best in the world, and he's he's kind of the engine behind the longevity gut bio, which I think is by far the most sophisticated uh, gut microbiome analysis out there. Well, I love to love, love to hear you say that. When I did it, which was probably six months ago, the and I've done probably 15 stool analysis in my life with multiple companies, 
that one, there was not even a second place in all the ones I had done. It it gave me so much information, helped me to fine tune my system. Uh, I look forward to another test, you know, in a few more months to see what changes are coming. But thank you for putting that into into the conversation. Now, is melatonin part of your toolkit? Absolutely. So, um, you know, I've been using high dose melatonin in my cancer patients for decades. And people go, well, what are you talking about? Melatonin's for sleep. But there were a number of studies in Italy that showed that they took people with advanced cancers, you know, solid tumors, and gave them 20 to 100 milligrams of melatonin. Pretty high dose, right? And it, it wasn't a cure for cancer. I want to be clear about that. Melatonin is not a cure for cancer. Mm-hmm. But what it did is it slowed the progression of the disease, right? It, and, you know, the, they didn't know why. But over time, we found that melatonin is, A, a very powerful antioxidant, and B, it's a very good immune regulator. But melatonin turns out to help prevent cytokine storm, and there, there are published studies on it. So are you saying to take a certain amount preventatively, and then if we're feeling ill, then you do more? Um, I, I would say more preventive. More preventive. I know there are doctors that are saying to take more. I just don't have any data. And I, I try to be evidence-based in my recommendations. So I, I can't say I got evidence that taking a you know, huge amount is going to uh, have you know, immediate antiviral effects. So this is, again, in my preventive program. So maybe now I got to go back and say A, B, C, D, uh, M, N, Q, Z. <laughs> well, let me ask you, how much melatonin are you doing at night? Um, okay, I take 20 milligrams. Wow. See, I can't do that. I, I experimented with 10 milligrams last month. Uh, some nights were good and other nights got the little bit more vivid dreams. I felt a slight bit of depression that kind of came on. I am an, a very sensitive character. So I went back to five milligrams. But if I started feeling ill, I will be at 10 to 20 just to go ahead and jump it up. But the five's more than I've ever taken in my entire 63 years of living. And I'm doing very well with it. There's a huge range of dose responsiveness. Right. Some people take a little bit and tell me they're totally knocked out the next morning. And then people like me, I'm a really light sleeper. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's why I could I could take 20 and, you know, I, I don't really notice much of an effect. I just take it for its overall beneficial properties. You know, three to five milligrams is a pretty good dose range for most people. But I do have a handful of people that can't take more than about a milligram and a half. Mm-hmm. It really varies. Yeah. I think it's worthwhile as a preventive. And it's inexpensive. Of course, it's safe. I mean, you get these little nagging effects, but that doesn't mean that it's unsafe. You have to tweak it for your own individual needs. Well, that's, that is a unbelievable toolkit. I, I love the way you put it together as far as prevention and or if we're feeling ill. And I think this is a super reasonable, like you say, evidence-based uh, protocol that is that is very important today. And I don't care even when we get through this episode when that when that will happen. We're always going to have viruses. We're going to have flus. We're going to have sicknesses. So it applies to almost everything. In fact, I have a radio show that I do every week with a hospital and a physician 
Anderson, who's my partner. And I say this the past maybe six weeks. The CDC says that we have an average of four viral infections a year. Well, I'm 63 years old. That means I've had, you know, 200 plus viral infections. I'm sitting here talking. That means I lived through 200 of them. We can, as you said, only the small minority are really super suffering with this corona COVID virus. Why is that? You've explained it. So, get you know, instead of lining up at Krispy Kreme Donuts, like I just saw coming here from lunch, uh, food is vitally important. We can't be living on processed crap and expect our body to be healthy. We have to be sleeping regularly, and we have to be eating foods that are maintaining less inflammation, like keeping your blood sugar balanced, the right healthy fats, and then... Having this toolkit together for if we feel bad. In fact, when this all started, I have 26 employees at my at my one location, and we put together bags of the protocol, sealed them up, and we made 26 of these bags because we knew if these if one of my employees said I'm feeling rotten, they had to take that bag home with them because they aren't going to make a return trip. And so I encourage everyone who's listening, uh, you know, look at this protocol, put together this packet for you, whether it's from nutritionw.com or from a local place that you trust. Uh, and again, I love Thorne. You can trust them in every, every single regard. Is there any closing thoughts you would like to leave the listeners with, Dr. Roundtree? Well, I, I think, you know, we're all probably dealing with the biggest global challenge of our life. And, uh, you know, I I would really I think there's a lot of research out there. None of the things I want to be clear. None of the things that I've recommended have they actually done a formal study in people with this virus. I want to be really clear. We're not hawking. You know that we got the miracle cure, anything like that. But everything is evidence based. So we've got you know research on zinc for viruses, quercetin for viruses, vitamin C for viruses. So. If we're saying the only way to move forward is with the vaccine, we're missing out on this huge wealth of research that's been done. Let's take advantage of the research that's been done on these nutrients. Why not? They're safe. They're inexpensive. You know, let's get people on these protocols and then keep track of what's going on and tell their doctors, this is what I'm doing. Lovely advice. And, you know, secondly, I think that it also we have the worst pandemic of fear that's ever been in our life. And anything that can lessen that, because I say on my radio show, uh, calmness is contagious. So we always think about everything else contagious. Well, you know what? Being calm is contagious. We need to put together our own personal plans that reduce this massive uh, anxiety that's coming from the social media and the news media. That's more damaging than the virus itself. And I'm seeing people starting to respond to that. I actually did another TV show yesterday just talking about ashwagandha with that it can be a good adaptogen for stress. Uh, and so there's so many pieces of this puzzle that we personally can embrace. And because of people like you, the brave ones, the knowledgeable, the experienced ones, uh, we're getting the word out because they're looking. People are looking. And even though Google has its uh, uh, censorship crap going on. It's still, we have the ability to get through that with the right marketing and the right pub publicity and the desire of the public. So I want to just give you massive accolades. I want to uh, just give you a hand, Dr. Roundtree, for being the brave one to, again, step up with your knowledge. I, you know, I, I love the fact that young people who graduate have such passion, but 
but there's something more than knowledge, and that is wisdom. Wisdom comes from experience. You have that wisdom, and you have the knowledge. So thank you for being here with me again on The Holistic Navigator. And if if there's any, uh, I know you've written many books and anything else. Is there any way or anything you want to say about people contacting you or or your website or anything? Um. Well, I mean, I'm listed in the phone book in Boulder, Colorado, so that's, ah. you know, that, that if people want to reach me, that's the best way to do that, I think. That's beautiful because people listen in Boulder, Colorado, too. Thank you, my friend. Stay healthy, stay well, and we will talk to you again in a few months. And I look forward to every time to speak with you. Uh, it's just a blessing. And I want to thank everyone for listening again to the Holistic Navigator. We've really filled you in with some vital information. Please take it to heart. And if you have any questions, please email us at the Holistic Navigator. And again, we're not treating medical conditions. If you have something going on, deal with your physician, work with someone. But as Dr. Roundtree said, if they're not speaking the language that you feel is necessary, find somebody else. You aren't, you know, you hired them. This should be a partnership and don't let them coerce you into a certain box because there are too many valuable things that can save your life, your health, your family, and your loved ones to ignore. So 70% of the world uses botanical medicine, people. It's because it's safe, it's effective, and it works if you get the quality product and the quality information to know how to do it properly. So enjoy your day, enjoy your life. I look forward to everything calming down, which it will happen. It's just a matter of when, not if. Blessings to all. This is Ed at the Holistic Navigator. The information on this podcast and the topics discussed have not been evaluated by the FDA or anyone of the medical profession and is not aimed to replace any advice you may receive from your medical practitioner. The Holistic Navigator assumes no responsibility or liability whatsoever on behalf of any purchaser or listener of these materials. The Holistic Navigator is not a doctor, nor does he claim to be. Please consult your physician before beginning any health regimen.